So it's um, kind of been a crazy week and a half. Um, it's even crazier to see and seeing some of the Bush boys and some of the uh, some of the youth that I remember coming to North Glencoe and I guess they were merely freshmen uh, maybe when I got here and so seeing some of these graduates it's just uh, I just look at them and I just uh, we as a church should be fully behind them praying for them uh, you may remember graduating high school that next level um, and then we have some that we were uh, graduating from uh, college in every level. It's, it just seems like it's another. It's the same devil, another level. You know what I mean? It just seems like it's hard. I don't know if it's just me. I thought by this time in my life as a youth pastor, I would say, well, I've, I've arrived. I don't know about you, but I've got it together. So this morning, it's kind of crazy. Pastor Tom, he let me know, I guess, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. It could have been, he's looking at me crazy like three months ago. He let me know I was preaching today. And usually, Tom is pretty wise and he usually has a text for me to preach on and meets with me and makes sure exactly, I think, what I'm going to say. And I think he gave me a little free reign today and said I could, pre- I could preach the text. So God put me in this text, and I'm going to say to you this morning, when, when he put me here in this text and I began to dive in it, I didn't realize that he was going to move me all the way in to the text. So I'm going to read the text to you this morning again in Hebrews Chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, I want you to focus in on that, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If you would, let's go in prayer real quick before we get started. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for our graduates, what they mean to this community. Father God, I thank you for every life that's in this room and every family that's represented. Father God, I know oh so well what comes our way sometimes in life. And I pray that these graduates and these youth, we as a church would have them ready with your word and being behind them in prayer and simply walking with them through this life. So Father God, I thank you for today what you're doing in this community. Father God, thank you so much for our pastor. Thank you so much for the youth band. Thank you so much for our praise team. I think sometimes, Father God, we forget what an honor it is to come in your house and worship you. So, Father God, I pray this year, 2017, you would be with the boys in Knoxville as they start their football season. And when we come to Tuscaloosa, I pray it would be different in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I love when I get done because I see a lot of your faces. And a lot of your faces are like, is he serious? (laughs) And I am. Now, I pray about anything and everything, and that's just the way I am. So I, I'm, I've been there, and you, you look at me still and saying, really, football? You've done it too, even Pastor Tom. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So this morning, the first thing I'm going to come at you with in this text that we see, I feel like I have to be, as a youth pastor, to my youth, and actually to this congregation, you have to be in... This will make you tremble, but I have to be transparent, 
honest, and I got to be vulnerable. And those are the words I kept hearing all week, and I said, no, 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 I'll be vulnerable, but I won't be all the way vulnerable. I won't go too far because my problems aren't their problems. My personal life isn't their personal life. But this week, in the past week and a half, two weeks with this scripture, I found myself in a fight. I found myself in a place, just to be honest with you, I didn't know if I could keep going in this, if you say, a race. I don't know if I could sustain what I've been doing. And so I come to a place in my life, and I start to ask myself, is it worth it? As a pastor, just being honest, and I see it, I can take you to some scripture where I see in other places, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I can take you and show you where Paul would say even on Sundays, he has to pray because he's just as human as anybody else. And we have a thing when a pastor steps in a pulpit, we have this, it's just a concept that we do, we put them at another level, and we forget they're merely human. And so I come in here this morning and say, listen, my past two weeks have not been the best. And it's made me question my faith. It's made me say, can I keep fighting this good fight? Can I finish this race? This past two weeks, the devil's been at my family. And I started realizing he was, that it's because of this, this scripture is coming alive. The devil's attacking my family. Me and my dad were at odds. And I told him, I said this morning through a text, I said, I am sorry for the hurtful things I've said to you. I hope you can forgive me. Because before I stepped into here, I had to talk to my dad. But it was in these times of confusion, these times of I don't know what's next, where my faith was tested. And I simply said, man, it, am I going to finish this race well? When I see my father in heaven face to face, will he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? And so this morning, we live in a society and a culture when we hear the word race set before you. I was going to get some of the youth that run track, ask them a few questions, and just, just kind of see what, what they say about this scripture, how they see it, and how they would take it into context. Because we hear that word race, and we go straight to this culture, and we put ourselves in a place where it's all about competition, comparison. It's all about who's the fastest. Who's going to finish first? And so it makes me think, when I read the text, it makes me think, the race set before me, it took me to a place in the fourth grade, in middle school. And you can tell by looking at me, I'm, I'm really fast, very athletic. I'm just kidding. We can laugh today, it's okay. Um, but it took me to a place in fourth grade. Has, not, has anybody in here been in a foot race? Come on, we can be honest in church today. Okay, is there any, let's do it this way. Is there anybody in here that's not been in a foot race? I thought it was going to be unanimous, but... Evidently, we've got one that hasn't. Okay. If you've been in a foot race, you know when you run, the way you know you're doing good, and for me in fourth grade, we did a cross country, which I hated because it was a long distance. I love the 40-yard dash, and I love the 100-yard meter. 
because it was just that, that small time where I could compete and prove I was good. But in fourth grade, they took it to another level. Now we had this cross country, so it was no yard, just a 40-yard dash. Now it was cross country where we had to run what seemed like to me forever. And it wasn't just like straight. It was hills and woods and all these things. And so we would start, and at first I would start well. I would start well. And I could tell by the people that were behind me and the people that were in front of me how well I was doing. But by about four to five minutes into the race... Don't judge me. Don't you judge me. About four or five minutes into the race, I realized that I was now moving to the very back. I had a decision to make. One of two things can happen. I can fake an injury. (laughs) I can fake an injury or, you're really going to judge me, or I can cheat. And in this case, we were in the woods, and it was kind of like it would go around and around. So when they all got in front of me, I could catch my breath. And so I'd catch my breath, and instead of following around the path, I would crutch straight through. And then I'd gain on them, and they would have no clothes. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm gaining on you. Where does your mind go when we talk about this scripture, about the race set before you? It may go to your, go to, in your mind, your childhood, or when you could run, or I don't know if you know somebody that loves to run, but if you do, I would just strongly suggest don't run long distances with them if you don't, because they'll want to talk through the run, and you won't lock them by the end. Pastor Tom's asked me a few times, you want to run? And I say, nope, absolutely not. I know I can't keep up, and that won't look good for me. So where does your mind go? about this race because in this scripture here today a lot of times what we like to do me as well I find scriptures that I like one or two scriptures and I'll I'll take them and I'll post them on Facebook or I'll see them and put them on a shirt or we take them and what we do is we we kind of take them out of context we superimpose on scripture by simply using our history and things that are relevant in our life, and we apply it here to the Scripture. So today, if that's where your mind go, I tell you that that is not what this race is about. It is not about that. It is not about who's better than who. Because if it's about who's better than who, we know for sure that the Scripture tells us, hey, if you're going to compare yourself one to another, well, that's just not wise. So we know that can't be what the Hebrew writer is concluding to. And so as we look at this, I'm going to tell you this is what I believe this text, this race that he's talking about, this race is not, and you are not, a mere mistake. We're not here by chance. We're not just walking just frolicly through the air hoping that tomorrow's better than yesterday. We're not here hoping that, man, that maybe we can do good enough later down the road. It is ordained, if you will. I think our race has a set time. I think it has a start and a finish. And I think he is the perfecter of it. That he sees each thing in it. And it's up to me and you, but what I think the the writer says here is that will you finish? Will you endure to the end? 
And so I found myself just this past weeks asking myself, do I need to roll it up and say I'm done? I don't know if I can sustain this. Will I? And, and, and I started focusing on these things. Now, think, I started thinking about things that I struggle with. I started thinking about things of the old. I started thinking about all these different things, and I took my eyes off of Jesus. And it says we have to endure to the end. And my prayer for me and my prayer for you and for our youth is that as they get older and older and older, they will continue to grow in their faith. That no matter what comes their way, because things will come their way, whether it's self-inflicted sin or whether it's a death in the family, things will come your way. And it will make you back up in a corner to ask yourself, can you keep this up? The Hebrew writer tells us there's a word in this that you have to look at because since we're diving down into it right here, there's a word in it in the very middle, or at the very beginning, it says what? It says, therefore. And I've heard from many wise pastors, and Pastor Tom, when you see that word, you got to ask what it's there for. We awake? We all right? And so if you look at Hebrews and you go to chapter 11, you see the Hebrew writer as he takes us to a place of heroes of faith. He takes us to a place where we see Abraham, Abram, and we see Isaac, his son, and we see him offering his son up and how God provided a lamb in the bush. But he had to be faithful. We see people in here like Noah and Moses. Moses' family had to put him as a baby, and they had to have that faith. They had to act in faith. We see all these things, these heroes, if you will, of the faith. That some, and it says, didn't see the promise before their eyes, but they looked at what was to come. And they knew they had a lane to stay in, if you will. Their race was the gospel. Their race was to finish well. Their race, if you look at uh, uh, different things in the Bible, you can see the wall of Jericho. It was faith that dropped the walls down. If you see David, you see through faith he stood to the giant. It was through these things, through faith. And so when we're looking at this today, I'm asking you, where are you at in your race? And, and if you will, can, can we just be honest today and can we please just take off the mask? Can you get honest? And, and, and if not in this room, can you find people in your life that you can go to that will help you along this way? Because I promise you this. The thing the devil will do the most is he will put you in a corner and isolate you. When you start getting weary in your race, when you don't throw off that sin that so closely clings to you, and you begin to hide, and you begin to get, in, get away from people, that's the first place that he's going to take you out. Because it tells us in this scripture, and I want you to think about this, about the sin. It says that, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. That sin he thinks, and as he, he says he's talking about a weight, I want you to think about this. And I can, I can say this from experience. When you are in running your race, and you begin to pick up, I believe what he's talking about this sin, for me, is that old sinful nature. 
Romans 7, Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't end up doing. The things I know I don't need to do, I find myself sometimes doing. Oh, who can save this wretched man? But he tells us we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. And so today as we're in this room, I'm going to ask you again, where, how, how are you? How's your soul? How are you from day to day? Because it's funny about walking in this life that, I mean, if we're just being honest in this room, sexy Steve doesn't get, a, he gets all the highlight reels, right? If it looks good, like a, a quick race, 40 seconds, your time's great. Everybody wants to talk about that guy. Look how amazing he did in that one little moment. But Steady Eddie, nobody wants to talk about Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie, that one that every morning they wake up and they hit their knees. That one that's faithful in the, the things where that dad or that mom prays over their kids every day. That mom or dad that's every day making that decision to get a time where you sit at a table that you rarely see anymore and know what's going on with your kids, and you pray together. I find in my life so many times, we can preach, and we can say all these things. But if we're not doing the things that we know to do, what difference are we making? I realize that in my own life, my own kids, if I'm not daily pushing them to be more like Christ, in the way that I live my life, in the way that I tell them the word, in the way that I push them, what are we doing? Listen to me. I can tell you all in this room, it's crazy how we can get in this. And, well, Pastor Tom does a good job lately of it. I, I, but here's the thing. I think a lot of times we get up here and we can't say too much as a pastor. I can't say everything because if I say everything, it would be too much. If I say what I really thought the other day, it wouldn't be a good thing. But you can go to a Sunday school class or you can go to other places or a Somebody can take you out to lunch. I got a phone call where two friends, two leaders, asked me, hey, let's go have lunch. I thought, when's the last time I stopped long enough just to go have lunch? And as we went and had lunch, man, it was just the conversation of, how are you doing day to day? What's God been showing you in your life? How can I encourage you today? And so as I speak to the youth, I'm not just speaking to the youth. I'm also speaking to you in this, this room. As family, I want to know how are you doing and what are you doing to sustain this faith? Because I don't think it's just a race to the finish. Because we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul also alludes, he talks about a race in a coliseum. And so when we hear this scripture about a race, our mind goes right to that also, and we sometimes put it together, and he talks about the athletes in the Colosseum, how they run for the prize, how they run to win the prize. But see, in this faith, we're talking about the prize is what? It's Jesus. We look to Jesus for everything, and everything means everything. You want to know how you live your life? Go to Jesus. What does that look like? Put people around you that are chasing and following after this Jesus. Read the gospel. Make sure you're meeting from time to time because I'm telling you, if you don't, this race, it'll get heavy. It'll get heavy. And I'm just being honest with you. Honestly, Pastor Tom, I thought from time to time, I, I really thought, 
maybe I need to stop. Maybe I can't handle it. Maybe spiritual warfare is real. Maybe this stuff is really happening when, when we want to get in the fight and stay in the fight. Maybe everything comes against us to take us out. Maybe you go to preach Jesus, you go to tell somebody about Jesus, and all of a sudden addiction comes out of nowhere. I see a society where addiction is taking people out. Not just addiction and drugs. I'm talking addiction from anything and everything that can keep your mind from facing reality sometimes. For my wife, I'm calling her out. Probably be shopping. She don't shop much no more. I'm a youth pastor. We ain't got no money. There's an offering we're going to take her after. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But this race, can you sustain it? And there's a, there's a word in there, endurance, that I want you to take hold of. This isn't about the fast foot race. But there is something I want you to think about. When we look at the heroes in chapter 11, when we see the people that's gone before us, have you ever heard of a relay race? Who's heard of a relay race? You pass the baton? I believe this is the kind of the race he's alluding to. I believe there's a connection with the Hebrew writer in here. When he goes to tell you the cloud of witnesses, and he, br- he brings tension in to all these different things, and then he gets... He gets to here and he says, therefore, don't quit. These people that came before you, some, they didn't even see the promise, but they had faith, and by their faith, they were made righteous. Because they didn't give in when it got really tough. They didn't give in when they messed up. Listen to me, I want you to remember this. If you are forgiven, you are forgiven. You are past sin, present sin, future sin. Some people hate preaching this, but I'm going to preach it because it's what I got, and it's Jesus. And it says in the end of the text that he seated himself at the right hand of God. And when you sit yourself, you see, that's when he takes that posture, when he sits, that's to show it's finished. It's a finished work. It needs nothing more. But I believe there is one thing. We have to pass the baton. One of my heroes of my faith for the rest of my life. Every time it's crunch time. Every time I'm praying, I don't know if my words will be right. I I remember a lady in my life who was a saint. It was my grandmother. I talk about her just about every time. I go to her grace from time to time and just get honest with her. That I hope I'm doing okay that I hope I can keep it up and that I don't, I don't bail out of this race, that I don't become disqualified. And then I remember, no, 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 no. This weight may weigh me down, but it won't disqualify me. Jesus, because of what he did and because it's what I look to, I don't look to anything else but Jesus because it's enough. His grace is sufficient. But with sin... When you pick it up, it'll weigh you down. It'll weigh you down. And slowly but surely, it'll bring you to a place where you lose peace. You begin to lose that peace because you begin to think, is this the old me returning? Or you begin to think, 
am I really going to finish this or will I go back? And I want, you, I want to tell you today, quit looking at that sin. And we do so many messages on laying down that sin, laying it down. We do so many songs about lay down whatever it is. But let me tell you something. If you just lay it down and you don't look to Jesus, you'll go back. You have to continue to look to Jesus. And I saw that out of a woman that I love so much. And when I saw my grandmother get Lou Gehrig's disease, and for the first time in my life, I questioned everything God did and didn't understand him as much as I thought I did. And when it took her speech, when it took her, she couldn't even hardly write anymore, she came to a place where she always would say, don't give up on Garrett. She'd always tell him, don't give up on Garrett. And so as I look back, and I look at this text today, I see a lady whose faith endured to the end. And she did not see me. Hear me. She did not see me walk this thing out, following Jesus hard. When she left, she saw me a drug addict. When she left, she saw me as a thief. When she left, she saw no good. But because of who she looked to and what she endured, she knew that Jesus endured the cross, and because he endured the cross, there was joy, that there was joy awaiting her, even in her worst disease. She suffered the worst death. She suffocated. The doctors that were there that day that were supposed to give her enough morphine so she would go in peace, they left too early. And when they left, my mom, all of a sudden, she began to die. She began to gargle in her own spit. She could not even breathe. And all of a sudden, the nurse was gone. But see, I knew that my grandmother had said things like, she wouldn't know Jesus to the point, which I thought was so crazy when she said it like this, that she wanted to suffer as he suffered, if, she could, if he, she could know Jesus more. And so I look back and I see the hero of faith, and you know what she did for me? She passed the baton. She prayed that I wouldn't overdose. She prayed that eventually God would get to me, and he did. She prayed and her faith, and though she didn't see the promise, she knew her, who her Jesus was. So I want to know in this room tonight, this today, do you know who this Jesus is? Do you know what he's capable of doing? Youth, I'm going to keep telling you. I know it's hard, and I know there's going to be times where you want to go back, but look, you've got to surround yourself with people that will encourage you, that will love you, where you can be honest with whatever it is going on in your life, whether you struggle with drugs, whether you struggle with women, whether you're so, whatever it is, you have to be honest about it. Because if you don't, and for everybody in this church, if you don't, we have things where, man, it, it ruins marriages. The addictions where men go and look at things they have no business looking at when they have a wife, it will totally rob them of everything good God created. It will put you in a place where all of a sudden, it didn't start off like that. It was something small. And then all of a sudden, it crossed over into a place where all of a sudden, they're isolated. And now all of a sudden, they, they don't even really, aren't even affectionate to their wives anymore. Sin will rob you of the blessing that God has for you. He wants you to finish well. God is for you, and he is for you to finish this thing. You're going to have to lay it down, the sins that so closely weigh us down. You're going to have to. But today, I, I, I couldn't believe, like it's just a while ago, in the Sunday school room, they, they say, keeping it real. They say, keeping it real. Jeff Little's class. And as they were talking, <laughs> I could call him that, but I'm not. 
As they were talking, he, he, he wanted to shy away. Oh, can't say that in here. I said, well, well, well why not? We, we get so scared that we're not going to live up to Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. You are not going to live up to the perfection of Christ. He performed it to perfection for me and you. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's his Holy Spirit that beckons us. It's it's his Holy Spirit that says, keep going, keep going. Tell one more person about Jesus. This past week, I wanted to quit for sure. I said, I can't handle this anymore. But God knew what I needed. And we went and we saw a football game Friday night. And as I went up there, I seriously was like, man, this is really beginning to take a toll on me, walking this out. If this is the attack, it's going to keep coming. I don't know, Jesus, if I, Father, if I can handle this anymore. And it's amazing because he'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. Sometimes you'll come to that place where you'll fall, but if you'll endure and look to him, he'll get you back up. He'll pick you back up. He'll give you what you need, and he knew what I needed that day. There was a gentleman that plays for Raglan football. He's graduating this year, and he he was sitting to the right of me, and I went and saw him for a minute, began to talk to him just to see where he was at because I knew he was watching football out there that he's not in playing anymore, and I knew it would probably take a toll on him. And so as I went to him, I said, how you doing, man? And his smile just changed everything. He said, I'm doing really good, man. He said, bro, I just want you to know that I thank you so much for you coming up last year, every Thursday, and just telling us about Jesus. He said, well, I've gone through a lot. He said, but you know what? He said, I got two colleges looking at me, Faulkner and this uh, North Alabama. There's a Christian school, though, that's looking at me. And, uh, man, I think that's where I want to go because of what you told me about Jesus. He said, what I've realized since you started telling me about Jesus, now this is nothing I've done because I'm telling you, I'll let you down. I'll let you down. But because I told him about the Jesus, the finished product of what he did on the cross, he began to believe in his heart. And that's all he would say was, man, Jesus is so good. He's so good. We just got to keep telling people about Jesus. Thank you so much for telling me. Because when, I, when you got here, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know that Jesus had a purpose for me. He's got a plan for me. He's already got my college picked out. He's got this plan, and all I got to do is continue looking to him. And it did something to me. Something welled up inside of me and said, you know what? Come hell or high water, no matter what the devil throws at me, it's worth it. It's worth it. I've seen the prison bars. I've seen what's inside. I've seen the hurting folks. I've seen the, at the worst place you could think Jesus would break out. Oh, he'll break out. I've seen it. I've seen at a place at my lowest where I think I couldn't, it was no good. Where all of a sudden Jesus is coming to a jail cell and begin to show you a purpose. That's a God that knows what he's doing. I've tried to outrun him for years and years and years and years. When I got out of, uh, man, don't do that. Yeah, here we go. When I got out of jail, everything was going really well. I was at a halfway house, transition house. Everything was, man, just, God was moving in my life. Restoration was beginning to happen. I was seeing change and I was, all, I was actually beginning to, man, I, I could walk in my purpose finally. I was finally getting there. But I slowly began to let certain things, I began to let the walls down just a little bit. I put a crack in the wall just a little bit. And a buddy that came to work with me, I started hanging out with him more and more, and he was a lot younger than me, and we started going to places that I had no business going to because if you go to a barber shop, you're going to get a haircut eventually. If you say you ain't going to get one, you'll get one if you stay there long enough. 
I began to go places. I began to just slowly begin to fall back in that old sinful way. And then I went to the beach with him. And I thought, finally, I'm away from everybody. I can, for just 24 hours, have fun, do whatever I want. It don't matter. And I can remember that day. Went to the edge of the ocean, as far as I could get away. And there was a girl that I'd met there. And she got my attention. I won't lie. Got my attention. I heard Tom laugh. I'm sorry. But she got my attention. And when she got my attention, I began just, well, you know, there we are at the edge of the beach. She pulls out her backpack, and she's got a sack of weed. And all of a sudden, here I am, totally away from my surroundings. And she comes, and she says, you ever? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Oh, too well. She ends up rolling it up, and right there, we smoke a joint at the edge of the beach. Now, hear what I'm saying. I want you to hear this next part. Don't you miss this. The next words out of her mouth took a blow to me like I've never felt in my life. She looked at me as straight as she could look at me. She said, hey, do you know anything about God? And I thought, what? Really? I can't outrun him if I tried. He's not going to let go of me. He's not going to let go of you. If he'll put something in a jail cell that will wake you up, my prayer is if you're in this room today and you've been walking as a hero for a long time maybe, and just maybe you begin to come numb and you're just going through the motions, I pray today Jesus wakes you up. I pray today he says, hey, are you really doing what I've called you to do? Are you really sharing the gospel? That's what we're here for. We're here to share the gospel. We're here to send that next generation in to do the line of duty they've been called to do. We cannot go back, and I know it's going to be tempting. Sometimes go to your old ways because it's sometimes a familiar place, and sometimes this place we come in with Christ, he takes us to new places, new people, new atmospheres. And sometimes we get to a place and we kind of say, I just don't know. Well, guess what? He's going to be there for you in the very end. Listen to me, church. You got to count the cost. You got to count the cost. Is it worth you throwing your life away for a little bit of fun? Is it worth throwing your life away just to feel good for a second? Is it worth throwing your life away? Because I promise, I promise you, the ending to mine and your story, you want to know and I want to know that we did well. When we stand before our Father, we want to know that we did well and we didn't quit. And then when it got as hard as it possibly could get, we went back to the ones that are around us. We have a, look at this church. Look around. Look at how many people is in this church. And I know it's graduation. But look around. We are a community. How many people is taking the time to talk to others in this church? I'm not talking about, how are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Life's great. Follow, follow God. Amen. No, no, no. I'm talking about, how are you doing, brother? Man, I need you. Man, I need you. Sometimes in life, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get honest with people. You're going to have to get vulnerable. You're going to have to step out. There's things in this room right now that when I'm talking about, some of you are thinking about. And you're thinking, the devil's telling you right now, no, don't ever share that. No, don't ever go back to that one person and ask for forgiveness. You don't need to. It doesn't matter now. Don't listen to that devil. 
Don't listen to those lies. So as we come to this closing invitation, I wanted the youth, the youth that graduated out here so we could pray for them as a church. But today, I want just for a second, just, just get honest with yourself. When's the last time, man, that he inspired you? When's the last time that, man, you just, you had that peace that surpasses all understanding? When's that last time that you said, okay, okay, I'm, I'm coming home. I've wandered too far. I'm coming home. When's that last time you just had that, that talk with him? Because it's about a relationship with Jesus. And a relationship is spelled T-I-M-E. You got to spend time talking to the Father. So if you're in this room today, and maybe you don't know him. Maybe, maybe this is Jesus I'm talking about who, who will sustain you to the end. In Philippians 1, 6, he said, the good work that he starts in you, he will finish. He'll finish it. Maybe you're in a place where you don't know much about that, but I'm telling you today, today's the day that you could come and you say, Father, I just, I want to know you. I want to know this, Jesus, that he's talking about. I know I need you. I need, I need your blood to cover my sins. Or maybe you're in the room and you've been walking with him for years, but you're finding yourself at a place where you're really not talking to him anymore. You've lost that zeal you once had. Maybe for sharing with people. Maybe you couldn't wait like me sometimes to get to a gas station and just find somebody that just, man, just one more that needed to know about this, this Jesus that, man, he's the gift. We'll spend life with him for eternity. Maybe today you just need to come back home. Or maybe today's the day you need to say, you know what? I need to lay aside this sin. So as we stand to our feet, Father God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you for this family that you've given us. I thank you for this church. I thank you that we don't have to battle alone anymore. Father God, I pray that this will be a community that would get real with one another. I pray, Father God, for the day where I see people come out from, from the dark. Because they know that if they bring it to you, you'll be there. Father God, we pray for these, these youth. We pray for these graduates as they take this next step. In those days that will surely come where they have to make hard decisions. I pray that the Holy Spirit would beckon them and would lead them into the decisions they have to make. Father God, but if there's just one in this room that doesn't know you today, I pray they would have boldness to get honest with you. In Jesus' name, amen.